Well, good morning, everybody. And uh, it's November the 22nd, and you have found yourself on, at the St. John's Southbourne Virtual Church Service. You are most welcome. Uh, it's good to uh, be with you, however virtual that may feel. Uh, my name is Matthew, uh, I'm Vicar of St. John's, and uh, this is part of what we've been doing since we've entered another lockdown. Um, just a couple of things, there's lots of ways you can join in with us. There's uh, a family service this afternoon on uh, Zoom. Uh, there's a Bible study this evening on Zoom. There are Alpha courses running. Uh, there's coffee and cake on Wednesday afternoon. Lots of different ways uh, that you can uh, be in touch and, uh, and, and connect with us. So do take advantage of doing that uh, and just finding out what hope we have uh, during these very strange times. Uh, just looking forward to um, this, after, uh, this morning's um, service. I'm looking forward to Ian's uh, message as we continue to explore uh, our worldview that we have as, the, as part of the kingdom of God, uh, part of his rule on earth that we can experience and be part of now, uh, but we also look forward to it and Ian will be looking at the coming kingdom this morning. So uh, with little uh, more ado, uh, let's uh, con concentrate, let's, let's plan, let's uh, prepare ourselves uh, to be uh, together around God's word. Psalm 29 reads, Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The, vo the Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. Well, Heavenly Father, as we gather this morning, we gather around your word and we ask humbly that we would hear your voice. We pray that you would bless us, keep us, remember us as your treasured possession in our struggles and in our life and in the things that we look forward to. We pray that we would find you. You're always strong, always gracious, always merciful, always loving. Amen. So I'm going to hand over to Mel uh, for this morning's reading, and then Ian uh, will link into his talk. Hello, everybody. Today's reading, New Testament reading, is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 1, beginning at verse 14 through to verse 45 from the NIV version of the Bible. The calling of the first disciples. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat 
preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Jesus drives out an evil spirit. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority he even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Jesus heals many. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing. As a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I thank you, Mel, for reading, and let me add my welcome to St John's this morning. 
If you're new to us, please do get in contact either by using the Contact Us feature on our website at stjohnsouthbourne.com or alternatively by emailing us at admin at stjohnsouthbourne.com. If you have a Bible handy, it would be helpful to have it open at Mark chapter 1, as I plan to refer to the passage during the talk. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for people and for the world you have made. Thank you that you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus, so that people can be saved and have eternal life. Help us to grasp who Jesus is. Help us also to understand more about his authority and his priorities. Show us more about the, uh, the beauty and power of your kingdom, we pray. We ask all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It will probably not have escaped many of our attentions that there was an election uh, in the United States of America earlier this month. Uh, subject to any legal challenge which is still pending, we have a new president-elect in Joe Biden. Uh, in common with almost all incoming politicians, he made a speech a while ago and outlining uh, what he sees as his mandate from the American people. Uh, let me quote from him. He said this. Now that the campaign is over, what is the people's will? What is our mandate? I believe it is this. Americans have called on us to marshal the forces of decency and the forces of fairness, to marshal the forces of science and the forces of hope in the great battles of our time. The battle to control the virus, the battle to build prosperity, the battle to secure your family's health care, the battle to achieve racial justice and root out systemic racism in this country, the battle to save the climate, the battle to restore decency, defend democracy and give everybody in this country a fair shot. So says Joe Biden. That sounds like a reasonable program as far as it goes. Uh, realistically, given his four-year term, the best he can hope for is to begin to make some progress on a few of these items. Well, you, you join us today in the second of a series on the Kingdom of God. And the title of today's talk is The Coming of the Kingdom. As we work through this chapter in Mark's Gospel, let's keep an eye out for God's plan for the coming of his kingdom. And without giving too much away, I think we'll see something more radical and ambitious than Joe Biden was able to offer as we look into God's word. Last week, Matt started us off in this series on the kingdom of God, looking at Psalm 145, through which we learned much about the character of the king. The Lord God is a good king, righteous, gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He has ultimate power and his kingdom is eternal. He answers all who call on him with justice and he saves and preserves all who love him, all who respect and honour him. If you missed it, please do listen to Matt's very encouraging talk, which you can find on our website or, or our YouTube channel. But now let's take a look a close look indeed at the coming of the king. Mark's gospel tells us right up front 
that it is the account of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. When Mark writes about Messiah or Christ, same word, one in, in Greek, one in Hebrew, he's talking about God's anointed king. This is the long-expected descendant of David who will rule on his throne forever and will fulfill the many Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. So here we have the arrival of God's promised king. Mark makes it clear that Jesus comes in fulfilment of prophecy through the quotes he has selected in the early verses of Mark. He quotes the Old Testament. So let's get into our passage and see what Jesus does and says as he ushers in this kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Well, firstly, Jesus proclaims the good news of God. He says in verse 15, the time has come the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. His reference to the time has come makes it clear that we're talking about a pivotal time in history. The long expected and anticipated arrival of the kingdom of God is now at hand. Not for nothing did we reset the calendar and start counting the years from Jesus' birth. His arrival ushers in the new kingdom, God's kingdom. So what is everyone called to do in the light of this unique event in history? What is Jesus' mandate? What manifesto does he have? Jesus tells everyone to repent and believe the good news. Let me take those two phrases and words separately. So repent and then believe the good news. Firstly, repent. Repent means to turn around and start going the other way. It's a call for everyone everywhere to stop rebelling against the God and going our own way and instead start obeying the King, that is God and his Christ, his Messiah. So that's repent. What about believe the good news? Believe the good news means to stop relying on other things, that is anything which we rely on instead of God all of which are idols, and instead commit ourselves to God, trust him alone, and believe his word and his Messiah. It's all about obedience to and trusting completely in God. Immediately after Jesus says this, Mark records a number of events which highlight and indeed demonstrate Jesus' authority. We see Jesus' authority to call people to himself. That's in verses 16 to 20. We see Jesus' authority to teach. That's in verses 21 and 22. We see Jesus' authority over demons. Verses 23 to 28. And we see Jesus' authority over disease and sickness. Verses 29 to 31. Let's look at each of those briefly. Verses 16 to 20. The Messiah, Jesus, has authority to call people to himself. We see these in these verses where he swiftly calls Simon Peter, Andrew, James and John from their work to follow him. While their change of occupation will have had an effect on them personally and also on their families, 
and on those who depended on them, the fact is that God's anointed king has every right to call his followers and disciples to himself. This is our highest and best occupation as we give our all to serve the Lord God, King of heaven and earth. Next we have teaching in verses 21 to 22. Jesus has the authority to teach and he does this with clear authority and also with power. His teaching is true, it's reliable, it's fresh. The response of his hearers was amazement. It's the same response which we have when we truly grasp the depth and meaning of the words of Scripture and the words of Jesus in Scripture. This is not religion and human wisdom. The Lord shares truth from God in a way which we can understand and which we can apply. The impact of this teaching is life-changing and radical. His teaching leads us to understanding and to eternal life. Next up we have the, Jesus' authority over evil spirits and demons in verses 23 to 28. Firstly, note that the demons recognise who Jesus is and realise that he has the power to destroy them. Secondly, they submit to and obey his commands to be silent and to depart. These events underline the power of Jesus' word, which is enough to dismiss these evil spirits and demons. Again, the onlookers are amazed as Jesus demonstrates his authority over these hostile spirits. And the next item is Jesus demonstrating his authority over disease and sickness in verses 29 to 31. Jesus just needed to meet Peter's mother-in-law and help her up, and that was enough for her fever to leave her. Now recall that first century medicine was basic to the point that many medical conditions would have been fatal. No antibiotics, so infections would have often killed those affected. No ability to manage a fever, again, it would have been a very worrying situation for anyone to fall ill. Jesus deals with this just by taking this lady's hand and helping her up. Mark then summarises all these demonstrations of Jesus' authority in verses 32 to 34. The examples he gave were clearly repeated often that evening after sunset, as Jesus met the entire town at the door of the place where he was staying and healed many from various diseases. He also dispatched many demons, silencing them in the process. And this was clearly a fantastic demonstration of Jesus' authority and power to deal with diseases and also to expel evil spirits. So what happens next? Well, early the next day, you can imagine the confusion as the disciples prepare the clinic for the next wave of patients, and they find that Jesus has got up early to spend time in prayer, away from people. He clearly uses this time to confirm his priorities, which he spells out to the disciples. We see them there in verse 38. He tells the disciples they're moving on to nearby villages so that he can preach there too. He confirms that he has come to preach the good news to all who will receive it. 
and this results in traveling throughout Galilee and continuing preaching in synagogues as well as dealing with those who are demon-possessed. The final demonstration of Jesus' authority and power is when he meets the man with leprosy. Recall that leprosy was a very serious condition in the first century. The sufferer was an outcast, unable to enter a town, meet with people, forbidden from worshipping God in the temple or a synagogue, excluded from any social contact. The disease is also associated with spiritual uncleanness. Anyone wanting to demonstrate recovery from leprosy had to make atonement through a sacrifice as set out in Leviticus chapter 14. In this case, the man with leprosy falls on his knees and begs Jesus to make him clean. He confirms his faith that Jesus can do this. All that is needed is for Jesus to consent. Jesus is indignant, not at the man, but at his situation, at the effect of sin in this fallen world and the impact of this on this man. He was angry that this man has been disfigured and spiritually cast down to this extent by this disease. What he did next was completely radical. He reached out and touched the man, confirmed his willingness to heal him and commanded the leprosy to leave him. Any other man doing this would have immediately himself have become unclean as the leprosy contaminates anyone who touches a leper. But what actually happened was that Jesus' authority and power drives out the leprosy immediately and the man becomes clean. So let me summarise what we've learned about Jesus' authority and his priorities. Jesus has authority to call people to himself. Jesus has authority to teach God's word. Jesus has authority over demons. Jesus has authority over disease and sickness. Jesus is able to cleanse lepers, dealing with their spiritual uncleanness and isolation. And Jesus' priority is preaching the good news, God's word, to the people. So what can we learn from all this? Where is all this leading? How does this apply to us here today in the 21st century? Well, let me offer a few pointers as ever. The coming of Jesus, God's anointed King, has changed everything. Human expectations have been changed. Those of us called to follow him are to expect a radical call to action as we give ourselves sacrificially to his service. Simon Peter, Andrew, James and John were never the same again. This kind of change is taking place all around us as Jesus calls his followers to lead radically different lives. Second pointer, teaching of God's word has changed. Man-made religion and regulations are irrelevant. God's powerful word has been clearly taught with great authority. And so we need to listen hard to Jesus in order to understand the truth which God has revealed to all who will receive it. Thirdly, 
hostile spiritual powers are on the run. Jesus drove out evil spirits and demons. He gave his disciples and followers authority to do the same. We have this power in Jesus' name. We must not be complacent, but these powers have been conclusively defeated by Jesus. These enemy spiritual powers are very much on the run. Fourth pointer, Jesus has announced the defeat of disease and ultimately the defeat of death. Jesus came to give us eternal life and we need to obey Jesus' command to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. While disease and death will continue in this fallen world for a season until Jesus returns, Christians can and should pray for healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. We know because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection that death no longer has a hold on us. The power of death has been broken. Now let me ask you, what do you make of this? How do you feel about this, these pointers? Are you maybe thinking that this is threatening and potentially unsettling? You may be worried about how all this radical change will be affecting you personally. Alternatively, you may be thinking that this is all exciting, liberating, and perhaps very assuring. Well, if you're in the first group, worried about where all this is going, do please keep listening to this series as we walk through some other important implications of the coming of the Kingdom of God. I would also recommend joining one of our Alpha courses to find out a bit more. Please do get in contact about that. The fact is, this is extremely good news for all people everywhere. All the negative and burdensome aspects of life in this world have been resolved by Jesus. All that is needed is his return, which will bring about the ultimate consummation of all he has promised. Do please again get in touch if you would like to know more and come along to an Alpha discussion group to explore all the ramifications for yourself. If you're in the second group, then there is work to be done. We're called to radical obedience of Jesus. We are to apply ourselves to his teaching and stand ready to share with others. We are to pray and work towards receiving our Lord's well done, good and faithful servant on his return. How are you fulfilling your assigned role in the coming of the kingdom of God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, which shows us how your kingdom is breaking in all across this fallen world. We pray for all who are learning about this for the first time today. Give them courage and determination to draw near to you, call on you, and turn, repent, and believe the good news. We pray for all whom you have already called into your kingdom. Show us how to live as faithful servants. Learn your word and be ready to share it with others and work 
towards fulfilling our part in your kingdom for your eternal glory. We ask this for the honour and glory of your name. Amen. When we think about the things that lie ahead and the things that God is promising for us, that Jesus came to ratify, to demonstrate, to show uh, were possible and real, uh, we pray uh, together. We recognise our failings, our shortcomings, uh, and we want still to be part of it, knowing that he is merciful. So we come together in confession with these words. Jesus Christ, risen Master and triumphant Lord, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, and we confess to you our weakness and unbelief. We have lived by our own strength, and not by the power and truth of your resurrection. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. We have lived by the light of our own eyes as faithless and not believing. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. We have lived for this world alone and doubted our home in heaven. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. God, the Father of mercies, has reconciled the world to himself through the death and resurrection of his Son, Jesus Christ, not counting our trespasses against us, but sending his Holy Spirit to shed abroad his love among us by the ministry of reconciliation entrusted by Christ to his church. Receive his pardon and his peace to stand before him in his strength alone this day and tomorrow and the day after and forevermore. Amen. Now Sarah is going to lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we cry out to you today on behalf of our fearful, hurting world, which so needs to hear your good news. Forgive our apathy and unbelief, and help us to pray in faith, remembering that Jesus came to proclaim good news of the eternal kingdom, and that message is the same today as 2,000 years ago. Lord, we pray for our world dominated by the evil of coronavirus. We pray for all those who are sick, all who mourn, all who have lost their jobs and in many places face extreme poverty, all who are fearful, isolated and lonely. Into this hurting world, help us to take the good news of the kingdom. We thank you for all who, like the first disciples, have heeded Jesus' call to come and follow him and who are working to spread the gospel throughout the world. We pray for those who've gone out from St John's family or are supported by our church. Today we focus on Eric and Rachel in Uganda. We thank you for their witness as a family and their work with YWAM and in the surrounding villages. We pray for their strength and health and that of all their children. Thank you that Rachel has recovered from her recent illness. Help them to model Christian family life to those around them and to show people your love through their teaching and compassion. 
They specifically ask us to pray for their community development work, improving the health of villagers by building latrines, their evangelistic work in the villages, help with teaching the children who are homeschooled by Rachel, finishing the roof of the community centre so that it can become a centre of worship, that they have resources to do all these things and fulfil the vision God has given them. Help us to be aware of their needs and to support them in prayer, encouragement and financially as we are able. We thank you that Rachel reminded us that we can be involved in your mission everywhere. Open our eyes to see that all around us people are crying out for help and need the light of Jesus in their lives. Help us to step out in faith in obedience to your call. We pray also for Callum and Rianne working with the church in Belgium, for the work of Emmanuel International, sharing God's love by partnering with local churches and responding to local needs during COVID. For JCL supporting those taking your good news to the Japanese. For Beats in Indonesia and many others who've heeded your call to take the good news of Jesus to people in the UK and throughout the world. Give wisdom to our mission team as they te seek to support this work. Help us to be generous in giving to kingdom work as we see the early disciples giving up their livelihoods and financial security to follow the King. We thank you for all who preach and teach at St John's. Strengthen and encourage Matt and the whole team to be faithful to your word and diligent as they lead us. We see how Jesus prioritised preaching Help them to do the same. We pray for the leaders of the nations, our own Queen, Prime Minister and members of the government. Help them to acknowledge that their authority comes from you and to walk humbly and seek wisdom in these difficult times. Help all in positions of power to serve the people they represent and not act out of selfish ambition. We pray for a resolution to the impasse in the United States and that people would not resort to violence in their anger, but would respect each other and the democratic process. Lord, we lift to you those who've lost their jobs or income during lockdown, the charities and food banks helping them, and for people to remain generous and kind. Give us all patience as we get more tired and frustrated. We lift our health services to you. We thank you for the research which has led to news of a vaccine and pray for further development to go smoothly and for vaccines to be available for all who need them and to be fairly distributed. We thank you for all who work on the front line in the NHS. Give them strength to keep going, compassion even when they are exhausted. Keep them safe and take away their fear of being overwhelmed and unable to help 
all those who need them. Father, we see Jesus caring for people in his local community. May your church witness by our love and concern for people around us. We thank you for all the work Richard and Kim are doing in reaching local families, for the work of the pastoral team and for people's generosity in donating to the Christmas boxes. We pray that you would enable us to show our neighbours the true meaning of Christmas, whatever the restrictions are. May people see that God came down to dwell with us, to share in our human experience of pain and suffering, and to lead us back to the Father. We see Jesus healing, and we ask for your healing touch on all who are ill, anxious, lonely, or grieving. May they know that you walk with them through the tough times when they feel fearful and alone. In a moment of quiet, we each pray for those known to us. We pray for ourselves. We see Jesus taking time out to be alone with you and to pray. Help us to do the same. Help us to draw close to you in quietness, away from the busyness and pressures of the day, so that we can then face those in your strength and not our own weakness. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. As we uh, draw together, uh, draw to a close, I just want to remind you if you're coming to the um, Bible study this evening that Acts chapter 7 1 to 53 is pretty long and I won't be going I won't be reading it out all the way through during our time together um, but be, be, be prepared to have read it uh, before we get together and, and look at it, the great things and promises that are in there this evening but for now may the God himself may God himself the God of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it.